and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. And we're joined um, by a couple great experts in, um, in virtual uh, meetings, uh, David Meerman Scott, a uh, marketing strategist, a entrepreneur, a author and public speaker, best-selling author, I might say, and Michelle Manafi, editorial director of Digital Content Next. And uh, they have co-authored a book called Stand Out Virtual Events that uh, really educates um, everyone on this uh, really just exploding part of the meetings and events industry and what uh, especially meeting planners need to know. Uh, Thanks for joining us, uh, David and Michelle. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Tyler. And and David, I mean, you know, you've been on the road for uh, you know years doing a. a you, uh, we talked earlier between thirty and fifty paid speaking gigs a year, um, and then like everyone else, you were hit by the pandemic, and those basically went to zero. And I guess um, would it be safe to say that you kind of saw a need uh, to really improve the virtual events experience for everyone. Yeah, that's exactly what happened, Tyler. So my last um, in-person event was on March 2nd um, at a, um, a Social Media Marketing World in San, Di- in San Diego and haven't been on an airplane since then. And so I, I, I recognized pretty quickly as I was invited to speak at virtual events that the vast majority of them are were at that time horrific back in, in April and May. And, um, and I realized that everyone was doing it wrong. Basically, they were trying to um, stuff an in-person event the way that they were used to doing it into a Zoom room, and that just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So I started to dig into what does work in virtual events, um, started to blog about it, started to create videos about it, um, and I got tons of traction in my blog and my videos and my um, tweets about virtual events. And then I decided, wow, there's something going on here. I need to write about this in a different way. So that's when I decided to start a book. And and um, I had to call on my good friend, Michelle, because she and I have been working together for um, quite a few years. I won't name how many because it dates us. Um, but we've been working together um, for a long time. Both of us um, are experts in how things move from an offline wor- world to an online world. Um, and when we initially spoke, I, we both realized that, oh, my God, we have the same ideas here about virtual events. Me from the perspective of a speaker, her from a perspective of someone who puts them on. So we decided to collaborate on this effort. Yeah, I mean, David and I have been uh, at the front lines of digital transformations for for longer than I'd care to admit. But when David came to me and was telling me about you know what he was seeing out in the world of virtual events from the speaker's perspective, I was like, "Wow, there's a need. Absolutely, let's make a book." And uh, what is the, sort of the primary message of the book, or um, you know, what can our audience learn from it? Well, so, I'd say the primary oh, message is rethink what's possible, right, David? Yeah, you know what? What, I, what we kept seeing uh, was that people were trying to repurpose what they already knew. So they were taking the things that they already knew about an in-person event 
and trying to recreate that in a virtual world. And it just wasn't working. And the reason it wasn't working is because they're completely different. So uh, an in-person event is essentially a three-act play. It's a theatrical experience, whereas a virtual event is a more cinematic experience. And so if you think about it from that perspective, rather than from the stage playing to the back row and using big gestures and using the big stage, um, in a virtual world, as a speaker, at least, you've got to think about um, how you can mix it up really quickly. Every three or four minutes, have something new, yeah. show a video, do a polling question, get people yeah. on chat, whatever it might, whatever it might be. And then in both cases, there needs to be interaction. So in an in-person event, interaction happens at the cocktail reception. It happens when people are sitting, waiting for a speaker to start, and they meet one another sitting down next to each other or over, over lunch or at the coffee breaks or whatever it might be, tons of interaction. But you can build interaction into a virtual event as well, lots of different ways. So um, we look very deeply at, at how they're different and how you can create a wonderful virtual experience. I mean, to David's point around uh, the keeping it lively, keeping it keeping it moving. I mean, the same has to be thought about by the event planner. You know, David looks at this from a speaking perspective. But when you're trying to plan an event, you really can't say to yourself, people are going to sit in a room and stare at a screen for six hours straight like they might, you know, like they might in a ballroom, Tyler. You've really got to think about engagement and mixing it up and keeping it keeping people engaged. Well, we, and we, we do a live events or in-person events here, and we were thrust into doing a virtual event, and we very quickly learned that. Um, and you have to give them a bathroom break, too. You can't like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the key takeaway from the first one we did. And so we, uh, we gave them a little break there in the, the subsequent one we did. And it was, I was really lucky in my um, experience because um, I've done uh, something like 35 um, virtual events since April and, uh, and, and some really cool ones uh, and learning from what works and what doesn't work. What does not work is the old school webinar where somebody yeah. just talks over slides. That, you know, that's dreadful. Just yeah, to, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, however, a couple that I thought were super cool and in both both of these, we dig in deep in the in our book standout virtual events. But one of them was um, a, a company named Scaling Up, and they usually do a two day in person event um, with twelve speakers each presenting for one hour. So six six speakers an hour each and each day for two days. When they did their virtual event, um, the organizer Vern Harnish decided to make it a two hour event. Mm-hmm. Still with still with twelve speakers, but only ten minutes each. And I spoke at that, and the audience freaking loved it. And yeah. and and then he did three or four more with the same format. Another one that was super cool is I've speak I've spoken at Tony Robbins Business Mastery events around the world um, for the past six years, and he usually gets um, twenty five hundred people in a ballroom. I do a two hour time slot. And if you've ever um, seen uh, a Tony Robbins event, been to one or seen one on video, it is um, a massive undertaking with everything first class. It's rock star level lights and sound. And when he decided to do a virtual, um, he, he, he has created what I believe to be the most impactful virtual event 
I've ever seen, certainly that anyone that I know of has ever seen in people in the speaking business, many of them they've, that they've ever seen. And he created a, um, a, a full-blown studio. It takes about 40 people to run the studio. Uh, and it's a 20-foot uh, a tall screen that's 50 feet round, 50 feet in diameter, a round screen, 20 feet tall. And, um, and the speaker, and, and I, I, I was able to do this in August, I went to the studio in Florida, the speaker can see 2,000 people at once from wow. their, in their homes. And you can see the live chat and there's five cameras um, and there's super great lighting and super great sound. And no, it's not live, but he wasn't trying to recreate his live experience. He completely reimagined what's possible given a big budget and given um, unlimited creativity around how you can engage. So as I was presenting on this, I could look up and I could see, oh, look, there's Robin. Hey, Robin, how's it going? Where are you from? And you know, immediately be able to talk to Robin. And it was like super cool. And um, what, what Dave, I found- I mean, the, the reality is you don't have to spend that kind of money, right? And, and it's really, you know, I, I love the Tony Robbins example, but the reality is David has done events of all shapes and sizes. And, and my organization does very small association focused events where we're just trying to meet the needs of our membership. But what, what we've both seen is that you can make money you can you can connect with your customers you can connect with your audiences or in my case really serve the needs of of our membership so that they remain members and we when you do it well when you do it right it works i mean the tony robbins example you guys go up to david's website check this out you've never seen anything like it but let's face it not everybody can do that and Go ahead, David. No, no, I was just going to say you're absolutely right. But, um, but, but the point is, no matter what level you're doing it, you have to reimagine it. Right. And, yeah. and so if you're, if you're doing rock star events like Tony Robbins, you have to reimagine. If you're doing, um, if you have a thousand people in a ballroom for two days like Vern Harnish, you need to reimagine it. If, you, if you're doing a, a single day association meeting, um, you've got to reimagine it because just taking what you're used to and putting it in Zoom isn't going to work. Uh, and so it doesn't matter at what level. You're right, Michelle. There are many uh, much, much smaller budgeted and events, but it can still be great. It can still be interactive. It can still be interesting. It can still be something that people are excited about and that build fa builds fans, keeps fans, and gets people um, looking forward to the next virtual event you're doing. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I, I wonder too, uh, you know, our um, audience are, are meeting and event planners, and I wonder, you know, I have a, a professional speaker on the line here, so uh, you're the, the best source for this. How would you suggest the meeting planner um, communicate with maybe a traditional <laughs> speaker <laughs> Um, to kind of bring them over to the virtual world. Ooh, David and I and, talked a lot about this when we were working on the book, right, David? Excellent. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, you know, uh, you, you, you have to really, really, really dig in and make sure that the speaker that you're working with, whether they're a professional speaker or not a professional speaker, but it's your job as someone who's planning um, to make sure that the person that you're going to work with before you um, give them the green light or the invitation, 
knows what they're going to knows what they're doing, um, and if not, that you're prepared to be able to educate them and how to do it. I mean, I, I I had some experiences with speaking at events where there were other professional speakers who commanded big fees. You know, I, there was one speaker that I, I won't name his name. Many people would recognize it if I did, so I won't. But he, he commands $50,000 in an in-person event. And I would imagine he probably got near that for this virtual event. He was mm-hmm. presenting in his from his iPhone and his iPhone was on his lap, looking up his nose at his ah. the living the living room lights, right. and, and he had on he had on the uh, his iPad uh, his sorry his iPhone um, um, wired white um, earbuds and microphone. Yeah. He looked and sounded terrible. And um, you know, imagine paying thirty or forty thousand dollars for right. somebody that just completely screws up your event. Now, I don't think that that was his fault. I mean, it was stupid of what he did, but I think it was the fault of the organizer who didn't Agreed. plan ahead, Agreed. And didn't do a technology check, and didn't say, "Look, right. I'm not going to pay your fee if that's the way you look. You've got to get into a professional studio, or you've got to build a studio in your home, or you've got to at least." get some lights and a professional microphone and get a, a good quality webcam that's at eye level and you have a decent background because this is not going to fly. So but Tyler, I think you, you have to, if you're an event organizer, you need to think of yourself as a producer. I mean, one of the examples yeah. we use in standout virtual events is the way that television segments are produced. David does a lot yeah. of TV, so he has a lot of background here, but we produce our, every segment. We think of it as, as working with the speaker to optimize sound, optimize lighting, optimize setting. So I agree with David 100%. If I'm paying a speaker 30K, 50K, I expect a lot. But if I if it's not that kind of speaking situation, if it is that kind of speaking situation, it's my job as the organizer to do my due diligence and to do the prep work it takes to get that speaker up to the level they need to be to deliver a standout virtual event. And, and to do, do a run through before just to double check, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and and even if it's not a professional speaker, even if it's somebody who's just, um, you know, part of the of your association who you, um, you think is going to deliver some great content, that's cool. But do make sure that you do a technology check and make sure that there's a great background and good sound and good lighting. And I know there's some events that they have a, a speaker pack. Um, I know HubSpot did this. They had a speaker pack that when um, somebody was hired to speak who did not have a proper studio in their home or didn't have the proper equipment, they would send a microphone and a webcam and a background screen and uh, and a ring light um, to their home so that they so that they didn't have to worry about figuring out what to buy or how to hook it up, you know, doing it themselves on Amazon. That's a great tip. And then, um, yeah. and then there was a, a special, and I like, I love the word producer, Michelle. There was a producer who then got on the phone with them to set up the equipment and then get them comfortable with the equipment, and then, um, and then it just upgraded each speaker by um, by a ton, especially those who just simply didn't have the experience and how to do that. And and most of those people were just um, on their notebook computer at their dining table. Um, and, and, you know, it's fine for a, a, a Zoom call with your colleagues, but it's not going to fly for a virtual event. Not for one you're trying to generate real revenue from, Tyler. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I just know as a consumer, too, you know, uh, you have all the if you're in a room live, 
your attention is a little more commanded than all mm-hmm. the distractions. And, uh, you know, you really have to keep them engaged. And, you know, you use that term earlier and interacting um, to constantly make sure you don't lose that audience. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got to constantly mix it up. And and Michelle um, mentioned um, we, we dug in deep into the idea of a, of a, a television style model. So if you think about yeah. think about how a, 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 a network television show or one of the cable news shows does their two hour broadcast, you know, they've got multiple sets inside the studio. So there's the, the sit down and do the interview set. There's the stand up and do the weather set. There's the, yeah. um, anch- there's the anchor desk. And then there's, there's the, the man remote. on the street, right? Yeah. The, then, yeah. then there's the remotes and then the, yep. there's the remote. So they go live to somebody on the street corner and then there's the taped segment, something they taped previously. All of those things you can do in a virtual event. You can have an anchor desk. You can have a taped segment. You can have um, multiple different ways to bring people in. So over the course of when I, now, now these days, I, I have a home studio that I work out of. But when I do a 45-minute uh, virtual event for a client, um, I'll show three videos. I'll do four polling questions. I'll have them participate in chat. I often will bring in a special guest, and I've brought in people like Seth Godin unannounced to my to my uh, events. Just people mm-hmm. who pop in who pop in because the element of surprise is so interesting. We do some Q and A, but not in the formal sense of okay, now it's time for questions. <laughs> you know, it's it's like really make it, you know, make make it an interesting way to more do dynamic, it. more like a conversation like we're doing here. Yeah. Tyler. Yeah. And I mean, and, as the organizer, it works really well. You can work with your speakers, you can show them what your technology is capable of because everything doesn't have to be on Zoom. There are many other platforms. We look at some of those in standout virtual events. But you should work with your speakers. You should talk to them about what's possible and you should definitely get them excited about creating something dynamic and engaging. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think um, one thing that I would suggest um, is is pretty easy for anyone to implement and doesn't take a lot of effort is simply make everything shorter, everything shorter. <laughs> so if your inclination is to do a full day event, make it a half day event. Right. If, you're in, if your inclination is to have your keynote be 45 minutes, make it 20 minutes. Yeah. If your inclination is to have a panel discussion be an hour, make it a half an hour. Um, oh, yeah. and, uh, and, and, and that one simple thing, um, really helps with virtual events because, um, most of these sessions and most of the events themselves are simply too long. People don't want to sit for two full days at your event. They want to jump in, get a few snippets and jump out. And, um, and same thing with the individual talks. They don't want to sit through a, t- you know, an in-person, an in-person uh, keynote will be an hour. Uh, a virtual keynote, you know, it can be 15 minutes. It can yeah. be 20 and let's, minutes. Let's face it. If you are forced to take something that's normally an hour long and distill it, distill it down to its purest essence, you are guaranteed to deliver a lot of value in a short time. It's pressure. It's hard. Tyler, you know, it's like writing short. Writing short I, is harder than exactly. writing long. 
Yeah, I mean, that's uh, whatever um, I take, whatever, anything I write and cut it in half, it's always a better read. It's better. <laughs> agreed. And I feel I feel like David's example that he used earlier was that st- uh, the, the one that went to 10 minute sessions, David. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scaling up. Oh, my gosh. I mean, talk about pressure to deliver. But like you said, the audience w- loved it. It was a highly successful event. And, 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 and here's something else that's really interesting about that one, um, Tyler and Michelle, is that um, they had some real A-list speakers. The um, uh, Mark Cuban spoke just before I did. And, um, you know, really well-known speaker who, if he were, if you were to hire him to come to your event, in-person event and deliver an hour speech. I don't know what it would cost. I'm going to guess quarter, quarter of a million dollars, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But he was willing to come in for 10 minutes at a very small fraction of that number. I do know how much it was and it's, it's less than you would think. So uh, that's another thing to think about with a, with a very, very short talk. You say to somebody uh, who's normally a very expensive speaker, uh, and say, hey, you know, we're having this event. It's really going to be really fun. Um, everything's going to be short. We'd love you to keynote. You, we only need you for 10 minutes. What and you don't have to travel. And you don't have to travel. And well, everything, yeah. all, the, all the speakers know that part. But, but yeah. the only 10 minutes, no slides, right. um, you know, no prep. We just want to hear what you've got to say for 10 minutes. That's awesome. And you may be able, you may be surprised at how low the fee can be if you find the right speaker who's willing to do that. That's a great point, David. For organizers, well, that's a great point. Well, great. Well, um, thanks for joining us today, David and Michelle. I, I really learned a lot. And uh, where can people find out more about standout virtual events? Um, so, um, uh, the book is actually available on Amazon. It says a Kindle version and a print version. We, we wanted to get this book out super quick and, um, both Michelle and I have published books before I've done 11 other books. I've published with Penguin Random House. I've published with Wiley. I've published with MIT press. And when I went back to my, my publishing partners, everyone was like, you want to get a book out how fast? And they all, they all said, sorry, we can't help you. We actually got this out two weeks from manuscript to print. Nice. Um, And so uh, that's why we went with Amazon. And um, so it's available on on Amazon in multiple different markets like UK and Canada and Japan and, and, and Australia and other, other Amazon markets. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us, Tyler. And that was David Meerman Scott, a marketing strategist, entrepreneur, public speaker, and best-selling author, and Michelle Manafi, editorial director of Digital Content Next, and they co-authored Standout Virtual Events. Uh, check that out. Uh, the whole world of events has changed, and um, you know, even if the pandemic does sort of miraculously uh, go away, um, I think. The consensus is that hybrid events are here to say so, um, you know, you really need to get your chops together to uh, produce that uh, high quality virtual event. Um, I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director of Meetings Today. Thank you for joining us for this uh, podcast. And if you're interested in our other podcasts, just head on over to meetingstoday.com and check out our podcast section with uh, podcasts with thought leaders in the meetings and events industry. We hope you enjoy them and have a great rest of the day.